You know, when someone talks about their core, physically that's a new trend. And it's, it's more popular today than it has been. Training your core, your midsection, your center, the core of your being. But when we talk about it, maybe not physically, but maybe literally or spiritually, we're talking about the heart or we're talking about uh, the deepest part of us, our core if we were to say we love someone to the very core of our being, we would be saying that, that, boy, from the inside out, from the bottom of us to the deepest part of us, we love them. If we said someone like the Las Vegas shooter or Hitler maybe were evil to the core, we would say in the depths of their very being there was something very, very wrong. And this evening... In Leviticus chapter 19, we're going to be talking about getting to the core uh, of something. And we're starting a sermon series. This uh, we, we were almost afraid to tell you it was from Leviticus. We figured we'd have four people here if we did. Because you talk about preaching out of Leviticus, people get panicky. And I understand that. But Leviticus, is it does have some awkward places in it. But it also has some tremendously practical things for you and me. And I believe in Leviticus 19, where we're going to be this fall, has some great practical lessons for us. And this evening, we're going to talk about this. This is our main thrust. Be honest to the very core of your being. Thousands of years ago, even thousands of years before Jesus was, was born, uh, these words were spoken to, from God to Moses and he, he told them, and he's telling you and me tonight, the Bible says all Scripture is God-breathed, not just the New Testament. All Scripture is perfect, and that it is perfect for us to live out in our lives. And we need to be honest from the inside out. We struggle with that. Would you agree? Now, you don't, of course, but you know someone who does. Psychology Today magazine, uh, just about three years ago, did a massive study of college students, and they asked college students, they said, this is, you know, we're not going to send this to your dean or to your mom or dad, but do you ever cheat? Do you ever plagiarize? Do you ever uh, use your phone in a test when you shouldn't use your phone? And 61% of the students said, yes, we cheat. We lie. We, we do those things. And my guess is if 61% admitted it, another 15% lied about lying. So it's probably as high as 75%. And it certainly doesn't end at college. If you'll be that way in college, you'll be that way in life. No question about it. We're going to look at some verses that kind of talk about a progression of, of dishonesty, really from the most obvious down to the ultimate part of where it is, and that's your heart. And let's begin with this, Leviticus 19, don't steal. Pretty simple. God says, do not steal. Verse 11, you shall not steal. If you were to look back in Exodus 20, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Verse 15, this is the eighth of the Ten Commandments. Do not steal. The word steal literally means to thieve. It means to carry away, either by stealth or by aggression, to walk away with something that does not belong to you. Several years ago, the granddaughter of the great painter Picasso had two of her grandfather's paintings stolen from her house. Now, if I painted something for, for you and you put it in your house, you're not very intelligent to begin with. But if it was stolen, you, the, the thief would pay you to take it back. But when they stole these two paintings from Picasso, they were worth $66 million. Is that not incredible? Now, you're going to laugh at this because it is kind of funny. In 2015 in Germany, 
there was an all-points bulletin put out that if someone offered you a large quantity of chocolate, either trying to sell it to you or give it to you, report it to the police immediately. I'm not reporting that to the police, are you? But what had happened was, was 20 tons of chocolate was stolen from a delivery truck. 20 tons. Look for the fat guy with chocolate in his teeth and on his lips. Amen? You will find that dude quickly. And you're going, well, hey, preacher, I'm not going to go steal a Picasso. And I've got a chocolate issue, but I'm not going to knock over the Reese's guy tomorrow when I see him at Super One. This hits a little closer to home. Recent poll said that about 20 to 25 percent of employees admit they take things from work that they shouldn't take. Maybe it's drinks that are supposed to be paid for. I remember Andy telling me years ago when he was in the uh, the Navy about they had an honor system for coffee and donuts you were supposed to put in the kitty, and they had to quit it because nobody was honoring the honor system. People walk away with pencils and papers and chairs and even in larger corporations, computers. And what they found out was, this is strange, that it wasn't the lower-ranked employees doing it. It was the, uh, the, the mid-to-upper management people that felt entitled to take something that didn't belong to them. You know what God says? Don't be a thief. Some of you are going, well, that's not me. Okay, let's continue with this. Because it's kind of like he... Hits the heart, he hits the, the most obvious, and then he begins to deal a little bit tougher. Not only don't be just a flat-out thief, he says, don't deal falsely. Verse 11, you shall not steal, and you shall not deal falsely. Dealing falsely means to be untrue. It means to be a fake in your word or your deeds. It means to deceive people. It means you're shady. You may not be an aggressive knock over the bluebell truck guy and steal his ice cream, but you just you, you deal the cards from the uh, back's underside of the deck. You're, you're not trustworthy. Wow. Hmm. Shady, sneaky, not straightforward. I'm not making this up. I do like donuts. That is uh, something many of you know. 2017, this very year, a man in America won a lawsuit against Mr. Donut. And y'all have heard of the Mr. Donut uh, chain. It's a great donut chain. And Mr. Donut, uh, this guy went into this place regularly, and he would ask for butter on his bagel, and he felt like they were not giving him real butter, that it was a substitute. They were lying. They said it was real butter. He took it to court and won a lawsuit. Yeah, it's a little deal. No, you're being deceitful. If I say butter, I want butter. Amen? Don't put that sugar-free, fat-free stuff on my food. Deceitful. This is a little bit worse. Maybe a lot worse. Several years ago, Edinburgh University in Edinburgh, Scotland, interviewed anonymously a number of scientific medical researchers. Now, did you hear me? Scientific medical researchers, people who are helping us determine whether pills and, and things work, and one-third of them admitted we lie. We, we shade our reports sometimes because that's the way we'll get more money. That's the way we will please our peers. We are dishonest and deceitful in how we report our medical research. That gives you a lot of confidence in scientists, doesn't it? I want to ask you this evening, would people who know you well say you're shady? Oh, you wouldn't steal their lawnmower, but 
do they feel like you're not always telling things straight? Dishonest. Here's the, here's the heart of it, too. The next thing, God says, don't lie. Just don't lie. You go, why well, I wouldn't steal a lawnmower, and I'm not really shady, but how many of us have a white lie habit? And you shall not lie to one another. This is Exodus 20:16, the ninth of the Ten Commandments. A lot of, a lot of what you see in Exodus, Numbers, and Leviticus and Deuteronomy are uh, exposition and explanations of the Ten Commandments. And here's what he's saying, do not lie. The word lie means to cheat. It means to be untrue, usually in our words. It's different from just theft, because a lot of people wouldn't go steal something. Some of us aren't really shady, but occasionally we'll just lie. We just, because everybody lies, right? That's just okay. You know, in the last year with the Hillary Trump campaign and then moving forward, one of the things that we've been dealing with that really is a real problem is fake news. Uh, News that comes out over supposedly reputable uh, sources, and then you find out it's not true, and you don't know. And part of it is, is some people are reporting stuff. They just don't know what they're talking about. Some of it, they're just lying to us. That's not a good thing. Would you agree that's not a good thing? That is not a good thing. Uh, There was a CNN survey several years ago, and they asked people, they asked a psychologist to really delve into this. Why do people lie? What is the fundamental reason you and I misrepresent the truth to people and the two things that it narrowed down to is one we want to look better we want to look better so I lie so I will look better or a lot of us who are Christians might lie because we don't want to hurt someone else's feelings would you agree with what your mother told you years ago a lie is a lie is a lie it is now folks don't don't confuse being honest with being brutal I mean, because being honest doesn't mean you spit out everything you know about everybody and yourself. Sometimes you just need to tell people, I'm not going to comment on that. Sometimes in a gentle Christian way, you need to say, that ain't none of your business, right? People ask you things. You don't have to lie, but you don't have to spit out everything that you know. I want to ask you this evening, do you mislead people with your mouth? Are you dishonest? And here's the fourth thing God says in this little play here. Never drag God into your dishonesty. Never drag him into it, but I'm going to tell you we do. Verse 12, you shall not swear by my name falsely, and so profane the name of your God, I am the Lord. That's pretty uh, powerful. This goes back to Exodus 20, the third commandment. Don't disrespect, take and name the the name of God. Let me, let me tell you first of all this. I'll give you a, a little meat and potatoes behind that verse in a second. But if you are a Christian, and I am a Christian, we profess to be Christians, and we're a thief, we profane the name of God. Amen? Help me. If, if I am shady and deceitful, and I, am I, am I profess to be a Christian, I profane the name of God. If I'm a liar and I say that I'm a follower of Jesus, I defame and profane his name. If you're taking notes, this is powerful. That Hebrew word in the Old Testament is written in Hebrew, profane, means to wound something, to defile it, to pollute, or to prostitute. 
It means to stain the name and the character of God. Wow. Now, here's another little interesting tidbit. You shall not swear by my name falsely. Now, now stay with me. That Hebrew word swear literally means to declare seven times. Now, what in the world does that mean? In the pagan world, when this was first being written, they worshipped a lot of false gods. And one of the pagan practices, Jesus talked about, don't vain repetition in prayer. Not against repetition, but just saying something over and over and over and over and over. God help me, God help me, God help me, God help me. You know what? Okay, stop it. And one of the things they would do in the pagan world, let's say they were praying to the God of the toad frog. They would say, I swear by the God of the toad frog. I swear, they would say that seven times. And that was to be power in their oath. First of all, you don't need to be swearing in the name of Jesus or God anyway. But he says, boy, you better really be careful when you make a stand. You profess to be a Christian in the name of the Lord. I talked to uh, one of our lawyers today about Sue and Clayton. No, it was about the sermon. And, and I asked him, I said, in court, do you still, if you're a witness, do you, I solemnly swear to tell the truth, whole truth, so help me God. And he said he felt like in most courts in, in our country, you, you still do. You know what? Before you, you say that, so help me God, you better be telling the truth. Or you better take the fifth and say, I'm not going to speak. See, God says that, that you and I, when we're dishonest as Christ followers, we profane and stain the name and the character of God. Let me give you a second thought this evening that's a little bit nicer. Honesty, honesty is the way of the life for one who has been transformed by God. See, here's the heart of it. Can a non-Christian be honest? Absolutely. Should they be? Absolutely. But if Jesus Christ has come into your life, you should be different. Not perfect, but on a, in a different direction, correct? You, absolutely, you should be. In John chapter 3, verse 3, I heard a mediocre sermon on this a few weeks back here. Jesus said, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Being saved is so radical, it, it's called being born again. In 2 Corinthians five seventeen. Jesus talking about being saved. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, all has become new. In other words, if you are truly saved, God has transformed your life. And if he's transformed you, you're not going to be perfect, but you better be better than you were before and headed in the right direction. That, that's the heart of this. I'll talk about this more in a moment, but man, if you are a consistent thief, liar, and misleader, you need to come to Christ tonight. Because when Christ changes you, he changes you to the very core. Here's something he tells us about ourselves. We're holy. Did you know that? The Bible says we are holy. We're supposed to be. This has a couple of ramifications here. In in chapter 19, verse 2, going way back, He says, speak to all the congregation of the people of Israel and say to them, you shall be holy for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Now jump forward way over in 1 Peter in the New Testament, thousands of years later. 
But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it's written, you shall be holy for I am holy. That's powerful, isn't it? What does the word holy mean? If you're taking notes, you need to write this. It's good. It means separate, sacred, pure, dedicated, intrinsically, or by your very nature, you are sacred and different. Did you hear that? See, Christians... Uh, being holy doesn't mean you're, you're holier than thou. It doesn't mean you're better than people. But God's changed your nature. You're supposed to be different. You are set apart. You're supposed to be different from society. You're supposed to be a better person than those who do not have Christ. Not in a way you look down on them, but by what God has done in your life. And let me just say this. Holiness is something we choose. You choose to walk in it. But it's also something God's put in your heart. When he's changed you. I want to ask you this evening. Are you a holy person? See. Choose to be honest. But when God's transformed your life. And he's made you holy. And you're on a pathway to holiness. Being honest ought to be the more natural default position. Would you agree with me? I I read this week. And I thought this was great. That two people. We all want to be honest with us. Our medical doctor. And our mechanic. Correct? We don't want to hear the price tag, but we want to hear the truth, right? Let me tell you something else. The world not only means a doctor and a mechanic, to be honest, they need Christians to be honest. We, they need to know that you and I tell the truth, that we are honest people because we are holy, we are set apart, and we are different. Here's the next part. We truly love people. If you've got a dishonesty problem, please stay with me. Why should we be honest? Because we have a love for other people. Look in verse 18, the end of this section. You shall not take vengeance or bear a grudge. We'll look at that in a few weeks against the sons of your own people. But you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That word love there means the kind of love and mercy God shows towards us. We should show towards other people. Thousands of years later, in Matthew 22, Jesus had been confronted by a Pharisee asking him, what's the most important command? Matthew 22, 36 through 40. And and I'm going to paraphrase it. Jesus said to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The guy only asked for one, but Jesus gave two. And Jesus said, but the second is to love your neighbor. And your neighbor, Jesus said, is everybody and anybody as you love yourself. And listen to what he said in verse 40. When you do these two things, everything else is fulfilled. Isn't that wonderful? See, you don't have to wake up like the Jewish people did 2,000 years ago, many of them, and look at the 613 laws of Moses and try to live them out every day. That's overwhelming, isn't it? Jesus said, love God, love people, and everything falls in line. You don't steal from people you love. Really. You going to come get my barbecue pit if you love me? You can have it, by the way. It hadn't been used in so long, it wouldn't, I don't know if it'd do anything. Take it. Are, are you going to mislead and misrepresent someone and cause shame on them if you love them? No. Are you going to look somebody in the eye and lie to them if you love them? No. You see, this, this honesty thing, it runs a lot deeper than just being a good boy scout or girl scout. It's about who you are and who I am. 
See, when you got saved, God made you holy. When God, you got saved, God put a love in your life if you're truly saved for other people. If you're taking notes, 1 John chapter 4 is full of this, but verse 7 and 8, 1 7 and 8 say, listen, if you love people, that's a sign you know God because God is love. But if you don't love people, you better like it hot because that's where you're headed if there's not a change. That's my paraphrase, but that's the, uh, the essence of it. Well, I struggle with being honest, let me tell you. When you decide that you're going to live a holy and separate life, when you're going to love people, it's a whole lot easier ethically to be who you should be. You're not going to steal from your boss if you love your boss. You're not going to lie to your spouse if you really love your spouse. Who we are is the essence here. Let me give you one last big thought. Our honesty or lack thereof has great ramifications. I would love to see this, I think. The U.S. government, every couple of years, actually puts out a book called the Encyclopedia for Ethical Failures in the Government. Sounds like that'd help you sleep at night, doesn't it? But what it is, is it is a short book of the government given to new employees about how people have messed up and gotten in trouble in the past years. Here's what, here, here's what a condensed version of one of the latest uh, volumes said, is that when they looked at statistics, dishonesty in government work ultimately was not, not about Republican or Democrat. It was not about gender, race, or age, or even rank, or position, It was because people lost sight of the ramifications of their dishonesty. Did you hear that? As they were being carted off to jail or being removed from their office, they all admitted, or the majority of them, we did not look ahead at the consequences. You know what the Bible says a fool does? A fool doesn't look ahead. Read Proverbs. Fool lives for today. One of the things that can help us is remember The ramifications of our honesty or lack thereof. Wow. A judge in Alabama a few years ago, I don't know how he got away with this, and he must not for very long, but some people who were convicted from stealing from Walmart, you know what he made them do? He made them stand outside of Walmart for eight hours with a sign saying, I stole from Walmart. That's a ramification, isn't it? But dishonesty, lying and stealing can end you up in jail. It can certainly cost you your reputation or your marriage or your name. Think about the ramifications. Ramifications you need to know. Social, the social, the societal ramifications. They're huge. They're huge. They say in the holiday season in America that our businesses experience about $34 billion in Go home tonight and Google billion. And listen, that doesn't doesn't just go away. That comes back on you and me. Do you know that? Oh, that doesn't affect me. Oh, look at the price next year. Yes, it does. Can you imagine the ramifications of scientists lying in reports about some medicine or about some issue, how the ramifications of it? 
society is, is going to fall, rise or fall partially on people's ability to have integrity and be honest. Here's the second thing, man. We bring shame or fame on the name of God by our integrity. Shame or fame. That's what he said in verse 12. You shall not swear by my name falsely and profane the name of the Lord your God. Pollute or stain the name of God. Just let me remind you, Christian. If it's open theft, you're just shady, you're a liar. You bring shame and disgrace on the name of God. The flip side of that is when we're honest, we're trustworthy, we bring honor to Jesus Christ. Isn't that great? But I want to tell you this, this other thought that I think should, should help us or scare us. It, it reveals our walk with God. It's revealing of our walk with God. You see, tonight, here's, here's where we're bringing it all to a head. You need to examine yourself here. Some of you are going, you know what? I look at myself. I know I'm not perfect, but man, I'm not a thief. I don't try to shade it. I'm not dishonest. Amen. Keep it up. Some of us are Christians, and we're looking. You know what? We're seeing we're saying in our heart, if we're honest, I am not who I need to be here. That's a sign, ultimately, that's a symptom that something's wrong with you and God. You need to get that square tonight. But let me show you a scary little verse in Revelation 21, verse 8. It says, but as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, as far as murderers, the sexual immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, read this last part with me, and all their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. We don't have enough time to go into a lot of that, but what it's basically saying is a person who by their very nature is a liar does not have the nature of Christ in them. So where are you tonight? Maybe you look and you go, you know, I... I think God's telling me I'm not a Christian. Come tonight and give your life to Christ. Maybe you'd like to join our church. We'll help you on this pilgrimage of honesty. Come join us. Again, some of you are Christians who are doing well. Keep it up because we're always, we're always about a day away from messing up, aren't we? <laughs> Stay the course. Others of us tonight, man, we need to come back to God as Christians. And we need to say, God, with your help, the rest of my life... Help me to be honest to the very core of my being. Let's stand. You need to make a public decision. We'll be down here for you. Maybe where you're standing, you need to do.